Section 72 of The Genius by Theodore Dreiser. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book Two, Chapter 43. The trouble with this situation was that it involved more power, comfort, ease, and luxury than Eugene had ever experienced before, and made him a sort of oriental potentate not only among his large company of assistants, but in his own home. Angela, who had been watching his career all these years with curiosity, began to conceive of him at last as a genius in every respect, destined to some great preeminence in art or finance or the publishing world or all three. She did not relax her attitude in regard to his conduct, being more convinced than ever that to achieve the dizzy eminence to which he was now so rapidly ascending he must be more circumspect than ever people were watching him so closely now they were so obsequious to him but still so dangerous a man in his position must be so careful how he dressed talked walked don't make so much fuss he used to say to her for heaven's sakes let me alone this merely produced more quarrels for Angela was determined to regulate him in spite of his wishes and in his best interests. Grave men and women in various walks of life, art, literature, philanthropy, trade, began to seek him out, because in the first place he had an understanding mind, and because in the next place, which was much more important, he had something to give. There are always those in all walks of life who are seeking something through those avenues which a successful person represents, whatever they may be, and these together with those others, who are always intensely eager to bask in the reflected glory of a rising luminary, make a retinue for every successful man. Eugene had his retinue, men and women of his own station or beneath it, who would eagerly shake his hand with an oh yes indeed managing publisher of the united magazines corporation oh yes yes women were particularly prone to smile showing him even white teeth and regretting that all good-looking and successful men were married in july following his coming from philadelphia the united magazines corporation moved into its new building and then he was installed in the most imposing office of his career a subtle assistant, wishing to ingratiate the staff in Eugene's good graces, suggested that a collection be taken up for flowers. His room, which was done in white, blue, and gold, with rosewood furniture to set it apart from the prevailing decorative scheme, and so make it more impressive, was scattered with great bouquets of roses, sweet peas, and pinks, in beautiful and ornate vases of different colors countries and schools his great rosewood flat-topped desk covered with a thick plate glass through which the polished wood shone brightly was decorated with flowers on the morning of his entry he held an impromptu reception on which occasion he was visited by colfax and white who after going to look at their new rooms came to his a general reception which followed some three weeks later and in which the successful representatives of various walks of life in the metropolis took part. 
drew to the building a great crowd artists writers editors publishers authors and advertising men who saw him in all his glory on this occasion eugene with white and colfax did the receiving he was admired at a distance by striplings who wondered how he had ever accomplished such great results his rise had been so meteoric it seemed so impossible that a man who had started as an artist should change and become a dominant factor in literature and art from a publishing point of view in his own home his surroundings were equally showy he was as much a figure as he was in his office when he was alone with angela which was not so often for naturally they did a great deal of entertaining he was a figure even to her long ago she had come to think of him as someone who would some day dominate in the art world but to see him an imposing factor in the city's commercial life its principal publisher's representative having a valet and an automobile riding freely in cabs lunching at the most exclusive restaurants and clubs and associating constantly with someone who was of importance was a different matter she was no longer so sure of herself with him not so certain of her power to control him they quarreled over little things but she was not so ready to begin these quarrels he seemed changed now and deeper still she was afraid even yet that he might make a mistake and lose it all that the forces of ill-will envy and jealousy which were everywhere apparent in life and which blow about so easily like gusts of wind would work him harm eugene was apparently at ease though he was troubled at times for his own safety when he thought of it for he had no stock in the company and was as beholden to colfax as any hall boy but he did not see how he could easily be dispensed with he was making good colfax was friendly to him he was surprised at times to see how badly the manufacturing arrangements could go awry affecting his date of issue but white invariably had a good excuse colfax took him to his house in the country his lodge in the mountains on short yachting and fishing trips for he liked to talk to him but he rarely if ever invited angela he did not seem to think it was necessary to do this and eugene was afraid to impress the slight upon his attention much as he dreaded the thoughts which angela must be thinking it was eugene here and eugene there with constant calls of where are you old man from colfax who appeared not to want to be away from him well old man he would say looking him over much as one might a blood horse or a pedigreed dog you're getting on this new job agrees with you you didn't look like that when you came to me and he would feel the latest suit eugene might be wearing or comment on some pin or tie he had on or tell him that his shoes were not as good as he could really get if he wanted to be perfect in dress colfax was for grooming his new prize much as one might groom a blood horse and he was always telling eugene little details of social life the right things to do the right places to be seen the right places to go as though eugene knew little or nothing now when we go down to mrs savage's friday afternoon you get a truxton portmanteau have you seen them well there's the thing got a london coat well you ought to have one 
those servants down there go through your things and they size you up accordingly nothing less than two dollars each goes and five dollars to the butler remember that he assumed an insistent after a fashion which eugene resented quite as much as he did his persistent ignoring of angela but he did not dare comment on it he could see that colfax was variable that he could hate as well as love and that he rarely took any intermediate ground eugene was his favorite now i'll send my car around for you at two friday he would say as though eugene did not keep a car when he was planning one of his weekend excursions you be ready at two on that day colfax's big blue touring car would come speeding up to the entrance of the apartment house and eugene's valet would carry down his bags golf sticks tennis racket and the various paraphernalia that go with a weekend's entertainment and off the car would roll at times angela would be left behind and at times taken when eugene could arrange it but he found that he had to be tactful and accede to colfax's indifference mostly eugene would always explain to her how it was he was sorry for her in a way and yet he felt there was some justice in the distinction she was not exactly suited to that topmost world in which he was now beginning to move these people were colder sharper shrewder than angela they had more of that intense sophistication of manner and experience than she could achieve as a matter of fact angela had as much grace and more than many of the four hundred but she did lack that quickness of wit or that shallow self-sufficiency and assurance which are almost the invariable traits of those who shine as members of the smart set eugene was able to assume this manner whether he felt it or not oh that's all right she would say as long as you're doing it for business reasons she resented it nevertheless bitterly for it seemed such an uncalled-for slur colfax had no compunctions in adjusting his companionship to suit his moods he thought eugene was well suited to this high life he thought angela was not he made the distinction roughly and went his way it was in this manner that eugene learned a curious fact about the social world and that was that frequently in these highest circles a man would be received where his wife would not and vice versa and that nothing very much was thought of it if it could be managed oh is that burkwood he heard a young swell once remark concerning an individual in philadelphia why do they let him in his wife is charming but he won't do and once in new york he heard a daughter ask her mother of a certain wife who was announced her husband being at the same table who invited her i'm sure i don't know replied her mother i didn't she must have come on her own accord she certainly has her nerve with her replied the daughter and when the wife entered eugene could see why she was not good-looking and not harmoniously and tastefully dressed it gave eugene a shock but in a way he could understand there were no such grounds of complaint against angela she was attractive and shapely her one weakness was that she lacked the blasé social air it was too bad he thought in his own home circle however he thought to make up for this by a series of entertainments which grew more and more elaborate as time went on at first when he came back from philadelphia 
it consisted of a few people in the dinner old friends for he was not quite sure of himself and did not know how many would come to share his new honors with him eugene had never got over his love for those he had known in his youth he was not snobbish it was true that now he was taking naturally to prosperous people but the little ones the old-time ones he liked for old lang syne's sake as well as for themselves many came to borrow money for he had associated with many ne'er-do-wells in his time but many more were attracted by his fame eugene knew intimately and pleasantly most of the artistic and intellectual figures of his day in his home and at his table there appeared artists publishers grand opera stars actors and playwrights his large salary for one thing his beautiful apartment and its location his magnificent office and his friendly manner all conspired to assist him it was his self-conscious boast that he had not changed he liked nice people simple people natural people he said for these were really the great ones but he could not see how far he had come in class selection now he naturally gravitated to the wealthy the reputed the beautiful the strong and able for no others interested him he hardly saw them if he did it was to pity or give alms it is difficult to indicate to those who have never come out of poverty into luxury or out of comparative uncouthness into refinement the veil or spell which the latter comes eventually to cast over the inexperienced mind coloring the world anew life is apparently striving constantly to perfect its illusions and to create spells there are as a matter of fact nothing but these outside that ultimate substance or principle which underlies it all to those who have come out of inharmony harmony is a spell and to those who had come out of poverty luxury is a dream of delight eugene being primarily a lover of beauty keenly responsive to all those subtleties of perfection and arrangement which ingenuity can devise was taken vastly by the nature of this greater world into which step by step apparently he was almost insensibly passing each new fact which met his eye or soothed his sensibilities was quickly adjusted to all that had gone before it seemed to him as though all his life he had naturally belonged to this perfect world of which country houses city mansions city and country clubs expensive hotels and inns cars resorts beautiful women affected manners subtlety of appreciation and perfection of appointment generally were the inherent concomitants this was the true heaven that material and spiritual perfection on earth of which the world was dreaming and to which out of toil disorder shabby ideas mixed opinions non-understanding and all the ill to which the flesh is heir it was constantly aspiring here was no sickness no weariness apparently no ill health or untoward circumstances all the troubles disorders and imperfections of existence were here carefully swept aside and one saw only the niceness the health and strength of being he was more and more impressed as he came farther and farther along in the scale of comfort with the force and eagerness with which life seems to minister to the luxury love of the human mind 
he learned of so many to him lovely things large well-kept magnificent country places scenes of exquisite beauty where country clubs hotels seaside resorts of all descriptions had been placed he found sport amusement exercise to be tremendously well organized and that there were thousands of people who were practically devoting their lives to this such a state of social ease was not for him yet but he could sit at the pleasures so amply spread between his hours of work and dream of the time to come when possibly he might do nothing at all yachting motoring golfing fishing hunting riding playing tennis and polo there were experts in all these fields he found card playing dancing dining lounging these seemed to occupy many people's days constantly he could only look in upon it all as upon a passing show but that was better than nothing it was more than he had ever done before he was beginning to see clearly how the world was organized how far were its reaches of wealth its depths of poverty from the lowest beggar to the topmost scene what a distance angela scarcely kept pace with him in all these mental peregrinations it was true that now she went to the best dressmaker only bought charming hats the most expensive shoes rode in cabs and her husband's auto but she did not feel about it as he did it seemed very much like a dream to her like something that had come so suddenly and so exuberantly that it could not be permanent there was running in her mind all the time that eugene was neither a publisher nor an editor nor a financier at heart but an artist and that an artist he would remain he might attain great fame and make much money out of his adopted profession but some day in all likelihood he would leave it and return to art he seemed to be making sound investments at least they seemed sound to her and their stocks and bank accounts principally convertible stocks seemed a safe enough margin for the future to guarantee peace of mind but they were not saving so much after all it was costing them something over eight thousand dollars a year to live and their expenses were constantly growing larger rather than smaller eugene appeared to become more and more extravagant i think we are doing too much entertaining angela had once protested but he waved the complaint aside i can't do what i'm doing and not entertain it's building me up people in our position have to he threw open the doors finally to the really remarkable crowds and most of the cleverest people in all walks of life the really exceptionally clever came to eat his meals to drink his wines to envy his comfort and wish they were in his shoes during all this time eugene and angela instead of growing closer together were really growing farther and farther apart she had never either forgotten nor utterly forgiven that one terrible lapse and she had never believed that eugene was utterly cured of his hedonistic tendencies crowds of beautiful women came to angela's teas and lunches and their joint evening parties and receptions under eugene's direction they got together interesting programs for it was no trouble now for him to command musical theatrical literary and artistic talent he knew men and women who could make rapid charcoal or crayon sketches of people who could do feats in legerdemain 
and character representations could sing dance play recite and tell humorous stories in a droll and offhand way he insisted that only exceptionally beautiful women be invited for he did not care to look at the homely ones and curiously he found dozens who were not only extremely beautiful but singers dancers composers authors actors and playwrights in the bargain nearly all of them were brilliant conversationalists and they helped to entertain themselves made their own entertainment in fact his table very frequently was a glittering spectacle one of his stunts as he called it was to bundle fifteen or twenty people into three or four automobiles after they had lingered in his rooms until about three o'clock in the morning and motor out to some out-of-town inn for breakfast and to see the sunrise a small matter like a bill for seventy-five dollars for auto hire or thirty-five dollars for a crowd for breakfast did not trouble him it was a glorious sensation to draw forth his purse and remove four or five or six yellow-backed ten-dollar bills knowing that it made little real difference more money was coming to him from the same source he could send down to the cashier at any time and draw from five hundred to a thousand dollars he always had from one hundred and fifty to three hundred dollars in his purse in denominations of five ten and twenty dollar bills he carried a small checkbook and most frequently paid by check he liked to assume he was known and frequently imposed this assumption on others eugene witla eugene witla george he's a nice fellow or it's remarkable how he has come up isn't it i was at the witless the other night did you ever see such a beautiful apartment it's perfect that view people commented on the interesting people he entertained the clever people you met there the beautiful women the beautiful view and mrs witla is so charming but down at the bottom of all this talk there was also much envy and disparagement and never much enthusiasm for the personality of mrs witla she was not as brilliant as eugene or rather the comment was divided those who liked clever people show wit brilliance ease liked eugene and not angela quite so much those who liked sedateness solidity sincerity the commoner virtues of faithfulness and effort admired angela all saw that she was a faithful handmaiden to her husband that she adored the ground he walked on such a nice little woman so homelike it's curious that he should have married her though isn't it they are so different and yet they appear to have lots of things in common too it's strange isn't it end of section seventy two